to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I want you to get your Bibles out and turn with me again. Psalm 34 and verse 8. I'm really excited to announce that next week uh, we're going to be able to open up childcare, um, indoor childcare, all those parents, you can make some noise. Um, and so you need to register your children for that. You can register online through the website and our team will take care of your kids during, uh, during service. But I'm going to jump straight into it and, uh, because I do believe that God wants to share something with us today through His Word. How many are enjoying this little series that we're in right now? We're talking about, we're talking about building better, building better. That if we want to become better in our life, we need to build better that we need to live our life on purpose, that God has a calling, a mandate upon the church and that mandate is for the church to stand strong in difficult times, in shaky times and the church is made up of God's people. So the stronger God's people are, the stronger His church is. And we've been looking at Psalm 34 and verse eight where David wrote these words and David said, taste and see that God is good. In week one, we talked about what it is to actually taste, which means to encounter God for ourselves and how powerful that is because whatever we feed on is what fuels us. So when I taste of God, I encounter God, it actually fuels me to live a life for Him. Then last week, we looked at building a firm foundation. Remember that? We talked about the word blessed. It means to live a life that is level. And so what I wanna do is I wanna keep just continuing this vein with this same theme of what it is to build better as we continue reading the verses of David or the words of David in this verse. He goes on, he says, taste and see that God is good. Then he says, blessed, which means level. And we said that level is the man who trusts in him. That's what I wanna, I wanna preach on those last few words, who trusts in Him. What jumped out at me about these words is the smallest word in that little phrase is actually where I believe is the most powerful way for us to live our life in order for us to build better. And it's actually the word in. That David could have said, trust On him. Remember, that's what we talked about last week, trusting on God. But David doesn't say that. He could have said, blessed is the man who leans on God. That would work. He could have said, and all of these are good to do. He could have said, blessed is the man who focuses on God. That's not what he said. He said, trust, blessed is the man who trusts in God. Right now, I'm standing in front of water. Water is in front of me. And I could walk down beside it. I could go down this side. I could go down that side. I could walk around the water. I could touch the water. I could tell you all about it. How many know all of those things are very different to if I was to actually get in the water? Don't worry, I'm not going to. As much as I feel like it right now. Because once I'm in the water, The water's not something that's just on my left. It's not just on my right. It's not just under me. It's not just, how many know when I'm in it, it's all around me. 
This is what David is saying. So when we look at building our life and building better in our life and establishing a firm foundation to which we launch of, David is saying, you will be, it is blessed, blessed is the man who trusts in him. It's, it's another level. Last week we talked about building on him. Now we're talking about what it is to trust in him. When I was thinking about this word, I was looking at this word, this word trust, it actually means to have confidence. It also means to have covering. And it also means to have counsel. Confidence in God comes from standing on Him. Counsel from God comes from leaning and covering comes from above. See how important it is that we live our lives trusting in Him. So as I started to look at this and I started to think about what we talked about last week in building a firm foundation. And I started thinking about, remember, because I've been drawing from my own experiences in, 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 as a builder prior to getting into the ministry, I worked in construction. And so one of the things I started thinking about and praying about was we built the foundation. So what's the next thing to the foundation is this is where you start to actually build. So I started thinking about that and I thought, I wanna, I wanna talk about now we can build, now we set the firm foundation. If you weren't here last week, you can get it on the podcast and catch up. But I wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about what we build. And so I started thinking about that, but I felt the Holy Spirit just kept tugging on me like that's not, I didn't feel the flow in that direction. So I said, God, what do you want, what do you want me to speak on? What, what is the next what is the next topic, if you like, or theme within this series? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, what was the next thing that you did when you were building? And I remember, I remember arriving onto the building site that the day before we had laid the foundation and the concrete was now set. And I remember showing up, I was 18, a young guy, and I had my tool belt on and I was ready to start to build. But when I walked out onto the foundation, my boss was there and some of the other guys that I worked with and none of them had tools. And I looked at my boss and I thought, well, are we not working today? He didn't have tools. You know what he had? He was, he was walking on the site and he didn't have tools. He didn't have a hammer. He didn't have a saw. He didn't have nails. He had some paper and he had a tape. He had paper and he had a tape. And that got me thinking. And I started thinking and I said to God, God, what's, what's the next What's the next phase in our life when we establish and make a decision that I wanna start building better? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, the next phase is not focused on what you build. But He said to me, the next phase is focused on how you build it. See, we never got onto the building site and just started throwing up things. There was a specifically designed plan that we were gonna work to. And I started looking at David's life and I started looking and reading the story. And if you read the story, you can look at it later. But remember, we keep looking at Psalms and then we're looking at the story. Psalms is what David's writing. The story in 1 Samuel is what David is experiencing. The story is so important to the Psalm. So if you're gonna read the Psalm by itself, it doesn't carry as much weight. If you couple the psalm with the story, then you understand not just what David's saying, but where he's coming from. So this is what happens in the story. 
I started to look as I started to think about this concept. I started to read what David was doing. And the Bible actually says it's in 1 Samuel. And it's in chapter 23. And it's in verse 2. Then as you keep reading, it's also in verse 4. Then if you keep reading, you'll see it in verse 10. You'll see it in verse 11. And you'll also see it in verse 12. And David keeps saying these same things as situations start to come his way that he does not like. As Saul starts to come after him, as he gets opportunity to step into certain battles, you know what it keeps saying? It says this, it says, David inquired of the Lord. David inquired of the Lord. So what was David doing in order to actually establish and build his life better? David kept referring to the plans. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, the prophet said this, speaking of God's voice to his people. And God says this, he says, listen to these words. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Another interpretation says, I know the thoughts, the ideas, the vision, the purpose. God said to the, the prophet, through the prophet Jeremiah, he says, I know the plans. You don't know them. How many wish we knew them? I wish I knew him sometimes. I wish he would just give me a little sneak peek about what's around the corner. But it doesn't say that. The Bible says he orders my steps. You don't know the plans. He said, I know them. Who knows them? He knows them. Who knows them? Say it again. Who knows them? He says, Jeremiah 29 verse 11. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. So how do we build our life better? We have to build our life according to the plans. The plans. It's not fun. No one, look at this thing. That's not exciting to look at, is it? It's a bunch of lines scribbled on a page. Let me tell you something about the plans that is so important when it comes to our life. These plans are specifically designed to fit the dimension of the foundation. Remember the foundation that we talked about? If you take plans and try to fit plans onto a foundation that they have not been designed for, it will not hold up. You'll start to build in what we would call in building hangover. Doesn't mean you had a big night the night before. What it means is, it means you're starting to build something that is not supported by the right foundation. And that's what too many people do. They start to build something that's not supported by the right foundation and then blame God when it fails. That's why you've got to build according to the plan that fits the right foundation. Do you know what else? We have to do on this. You, you've got to build it. You've got to build the plans in the right location. Remember we talked about the right location? We talked about Huntsville, Alabama. Remember that? 
Remember Huntsville, Alabama? You can buy a block of land in Huntsville, Alabama for 50 grand, bro. You can take the medium house price of a price in Orange County, $800,000, and you could buy a whole stack of land in Huntsville, Alabama. The problem is you would wake up and you would be in Huntsville, Alabama. Sometimes the cheap option is not always the best one. So when you build on the right location, you've got to build according to the plan. You know what else you have to do when you have to build? And I learned this in building is you have to believe. You have to believe what it says. Because I'm the builder. I'm not the designer. So what I have to do as the builder is I have to believe. Hebrews 11.3, it actually says, by faith, he framed. By faith, he framed the worlds by his word. So you have to build in the right location and you have to believe. You have to believe. And it's hard at times. It's hard to follow what the plan says because there's things on the plan that at times it just seems, it seems like a waste. I remember being a kid and I remember being 18 and I was on a building site. And when you're the youngest on the site, you get the worst jobs. It's just how it rolls. And I remember being on that building site and I remember them giving me, I remember I got a bag of nails and we called them saddles. It was a saddle. And what you would I had to do is I had to climb up onto the roof of the frame and I had to nail a saddle at the end of each truss. Now, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but just roll with me. And I remember I had to look at the plans and there were details on the drawings. It was this detailed. It said the saddle had to sit over the top of that truss. And it said this. It said I had to put three nails in one side, three nails in the top, and three in the other side. For those of you that struggle, that's nine nails. Nine nails, and there was a truss every three feet. So I had to do, and it was hot. You think today is hot? You try desert outback Australia in the middle of summer, 115 degrees, I'm on a roof in the sun, and I'm nailing three on one side, three on the top, Three on the other side. And then I go to the next truss. And then I go to the next truss. And I have to do the whole one side of the house and then climb over to the other side and do the whole other side of the house. It was tough. It didn't make sense. It felt stupid. That's how often, let's be real, often sometimes living out the plans that God has for our life, it doesn't make sense. Some of you are struggling reading God's Word every day. Why I gotta read this Word every day? Half the time it doesn't make sense. Have you read Leviticus? It doesn't, it doesn't. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? You know what you're doing? Is every time you read that Word, every time you make the decision to live according to God's plan, even when it doesn't make sense, but you take it by faith, you are putting a nail in the truss of your life that in that moment, it will not make sense. But you know when it will make sense? When the storm comes. I remember saying, I remember saying, I remember saying to the builder, it was hot, bro, I'd just done half a day. And my hands are cut and they're bloodied and my back is sunburned and I keep hitting my thumb with the hammer and I'm sick of it. I said, bro, why are we gonna do nine in each one? And he said, because of storms. 
And I wanted to encourage some of you this morning that feel like you're growing weary in well-doing. Don't grow weary in well-doing because it may, not, it may seem like a waste right now, but when the storm hits, your roof will stay secure because you nailed all nine of those nails in every single truss and you are not going to fall. It seems silly. We've got two kids, three-year-old, two-year-old, Luke and Leo. And I sit with them and listen, we're gonna get home today and I don't feel when they mess up. Listen, these two cats can fight. I mean, fight. You know what? I get so sick of it. We get so sick of it. Luca, stop it. Leo, stop it. Luca has a bad attitude. I don't wanna deal with it. I wanna put those two little jokers in a room, shut the door and say, last man standing wins. I give up. When he disrespects his mum, I don't want to take him. I don't want to walk him over. I don't want to sit him down. I did it yesterday with Leo and she's so sweet and she's two and she's crying. And I said, baby, what's in your heart? Do you feel happy or sad or angry? And she said, I feel angry. I said, you know what that is? But that's a bad attitude, darling. That's what that is. Do you know that that makes mummy sad? It makes daddy sad. And it makes Jesus sad. But then I'm really important, it's really important that I then say this and I say to it and I say it over and over again, do you know how much Jesus loves you? I say, look at me, do you know how much He loves you? Do you, right in the middle of her knowing that she's done wrong, it's so important that she gets an understanding that even when you do wrong, He doesn't stop loving you because the Bible says it's the goodness and kindness of God that will bring me to a place of repentance. But she's looking at me, she don't know what I'm talking about. She's, uh, uh, little tears coming down her face. She just wants to go watch Peppa Pig. And it doesn't make sense. And when we sit with them and we pray over them every night and I hold their feet and they say, Dad, what are you doing? I say, I'm praying that the Lord would order your steps everywhere you go. And when I pray over their head and I bind their mind to the mind of Christ and I say that you would be anxious for nothing but the peace of God that surpasses all understanding would guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It doesn't make sense. It feels stupid. It feels like I'm nailing nails on a truss. But I do know something. When that little girl gets to 16, 17 and 18 and she makes a mistake and the devil tries to tell her to run from God, the word of the nails of God are gonna be so secure in her life. She's gonna get a revelation and a new understanding that when I mess up, I don't run from Him, I run to Him because He loves me. So this is the plans. We've got to work out the plans. David, David, it's interesting that we're using the life of David to talk about building better. Because not only was David one of the greatest warriors, one of the greatest figures in Scripture, he also had some of the biggest screw-ups. That's why I think it's important that we look at his life because we can relate to his. I can't relate to somebody that never messed up. And David, the Bible says, it actually says, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 to 3, it says this. It says that when kings went out to war, that David stayed home. David, who was David? David was a king. Where should David have been? What should David have been doing according to God's plan? That joker was a fighter. He'd been a fighter since he was a kid. He was supposed to be at war with the kings, doing what kings did. But instead of listening to the plans and following the plans, he found himself on a rooftop 
checking out chicks, <laughs> scouting the local talent. And he found something that he liked. David didn't mess up because the devil is so powerful. David messed up because he was just in the wrong place. Living by the wrong plan. Because this is important, John 10, 10. Satan came to kill, steal and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. Life to the full. So you have to understand that there actually is another plan. There's the plan that God has for your life. Then there's the plans that the enemy has for your life. And I just read it to you. I just told you what the Bible says it is. It's a plan to kill, to steal and to destroy. Now these plans are different to these ones. These ones look nice. These ones don't look so good. So how does, it sounds so extreme, doesn't it? I know we don't like to talk about the devil, but we have to understand that we cannot be ignorant, the Bible says, of the way in which he operates. And too many of us are not building better in our life because we are following the wrong set of plans. So how did you get, listen to me, how did you get from here to here? No one looks at the devil's plan, kill, steal and destroy and is like, that's what I want my life to be. That would be silly. So how does the devil get you working to his plan? You know what he does? The devil doesn't sell you on his plan. Let me show you what he does. You know what the devil sells you on? He doesn't sell you the plan. He sells you the picture. There's a verse in Scripture and it says this, it's in Proverbs. And it says, there is a way that appears right unto a man. Why are people messing up every single day? Not because they're following the devil's plans. It's because the devil sold them on a picture. And let me tell you something about this. This looks good. Anybody in marketing, Anybody in sales, you know what's going on here. They're not trying to sell you a house. They're selling you an image. An image. This is what the enemy tries to do. This is where the enemy gets too many of us. This is why Orange County has the highest infidelity rate of any city in America. This is why people are popping pills for peace. This is why people are in debt, spending money that they don't have to buy things they don't need to impress people they don't know. It's because we're trying to keep up with the image. It's the subtle, listen, it's the subtle schemes of the enemy. The word picture is actually translated to the word image. And the word image is actually translated in the Bible to the word idol. 
You read it in Nehemiah chapter nine and verse 18. He talks about what happened when the Israelites were in the desert and Moses went up the mountain and they were waiting for the promise and the promise wasn't happening. So what did they do? They made for themselves a golden idol or a golden image. This is, this is where the enemy gets you. But this is why we have to be so careful and cautious. If you want to build better in your life, you've got to recognise the schemes of the enemy because behind the nice picture, there is a plan. Behind what you see, there is a plan. Nobody, nobody decides, you know what? I'm just going to get married to have a divorce. Nobody does that. But what the devil did, how did the devil get you working out his plan, living to his plan of a broken down marriage is he sold you the picture of the perfect marriage, which we know doesn't exist. And the devil says, come on, bro, mate, look at this picture. Listen, I don't know about you. I've got two kids, three and two. We have never once, this little girl is walking, holding her, door, her mother's hand. This dog looks nice and happy. These two boys, dear Lord, are skipping around their dad. I have never in my life got out of the car and Luca and Leo just started frolicking around me as I walked into the house. If your other house is like mine, the moment we open the car door, Chick-fil-A waffle fries come pouring out onto the carport. It's not real. But you've bought into a lie. Why, why are the devil's plan for your life is that you would live your life in debt and always in need. But you bought the plan because you gave in to a picture of success. And you're selling your life out for the picture not knowing that all the while the enemy's working you and you're not working to God's plan. You're working to the enemy's plan. What does the word tell us? Seek first, Matthew 6.33, the kingdom of God. And then all these things. It's just, listen, this is just things. All these things will be added because you cannot live your life according to a picture. Let me tell you something, I'm gonna close. Let me tell you something about this picture. The moment a storm hits, this dog is gone, bro. That thing's gonna be going bat crazy. This little, what is that, like a nice little Tesla? That thing's gonna get beat up. That beam is gone. These trees are gone. During a storm, that, that swimming pool's gonna look horrible, full up with mud. All that pool furniture beside it that looks so nice, that's gone. This blue sky that looks so nice, it's not gonna look like that in a storm. You know what will stand in the storm? The thing that was built according to the plan. But it's hard. It's hard to stay focused on the plan. We get so distracted by the things. But seek first 
This is why I'm going to finish. So why? Why can't I stay here, Ben? Why can't I stay here? Because this is what too many of you do. It's Sunday, right? And here you are. I get it, Ben, I'm down. Let's build this thing piece by piece, brick by brick. Don't grow weary in well-doing. But then what happens is Monday, you'll still think about the plan. You wanna do the plan. But oh, gee, that looks nice. Because that looks so much better than this. Do you know what I never, ever saw, not one single time on a building site? I never saw a picture. Do you know how dumb you would look if you went up to a builder and said, hey, bro, can you do that for me? Hey, can you just make that over there on that block? You're gonna look stupid because builders don't build according to a picture. They build according to a plan. And if you let them build what the plan is, the picture will come after. But it's the plan that will keep you secure in difficult times and not the picture. And we're going back and forth. We're doing Sundays, I'm dialed in, bro. I'm dialed in, I've got that word, I'm ready to go. And then Monday, we get so distracted so fast because of a picture. Why are you so insecure? Because you're comparing your life to pictures. We're comparing our lives to things that are just surface. It's not gonna carry any weight. It's not gonna help you build your life. It's not gonna build a strong marriage. Look at these two jokers. This guy's fit, nice little outfit. This chick's fit. They both look good, but it's not real. And some of you are sitting there being like, look at this guy. He looks like he's in shape. My big fat obese husband, sack of, sack of lard sitting beside me, can't even keep a clean shirt. Look at this guy. He's like, listen, it's a picture. But if we build according to the plan, you will hold, you will be secure, you will be grounded. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. It's not about what you're going to build, but it's about how you're gonna build it. And if you focus on the how, the what will unfold. And some of you get so hung up about what's God got for my life? What has He called me to do? What has He called me to be? What's my purpose look like? Forget about the what, focus on the how and start to live your life according to the will of God. And the what will unfold piece by piece. Right across this room, I want you to bow your heads. You're here in this room. this place and you would say, Ben, I'm not building my life right. You're either going back and forth, you bought into a picture or you're getting distracted or maybe you never even realised that God has a plan for you. You're here in this room and you say, Ben, I'm not building right, I need to build right. Raise one hand quickly, I want to pray for you before we leave. 
and say, that's me, I'm not building right. I'm not building right. Thank you, awesome hands all over. Let me pray for you real quickly. Lord, I thank you for the power of your word. Pray, Lord, that you would help us through your word to build better, to build better. Pray, Lord God, that you would forgive. I thank you, Lord, that you're a kind dad. You're a loving dad and you're a dad that restores. And I declare it right now over every person. God, that you'd help us to focus. You'd help us to seek first your kingdom. Even when it feels like it's hard and we're nailing nine nails to the end of a truss. Lord, I pray that we would not grow weary in well-doing, but we would stay the course. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. 